tonight. President Biden's gun control executive orders, the border crisis, and how you know you've got the Democrats worried. Let's get it. Hey folks, welcome back to Anything Goes Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Thank you for joining in again. I hope that you enjoy the previous content and continue to enjoy the content because I certainly enjoy uh, coming on here and providing it. Uh, real quick update, if you have not listened to Sunday's episode where we talked to Christina Lundy about her interaction with a Mesa, Arizona police officer, uh, I highly recommend you do just as an update. Uh, we have sent requests for comment to the mayor's office of Mesa, as well as the city manager's office and the uh, police chief directly. Uh, we have received zero responses, not surprising, um, but we will keep you updated. Uh, I plan on getting in touch with uh, Christina here shortly to see if she's heard anything. I have gotten a lot of comments about it. Um, positive comments, and I know you guys want updates, and as soon as we get them, I will, uh, I will get those out to you. So without further ado, we're going to start off tonight with how you know you have the Democrats shitting themselves. Usually it's not that difficult to tell because Democrats uh, virtually have an impossible time controlling their emotions. Uh, you know, you see it, you, obviously you saw it when Donald Trump won the election. I mean, that was the most obvious, uh, example that I can give you, but it's not even that. I mean, uh, the Kavanaugh, uh, nomination to the Supreme court, uh, you know, any SCOTUS decision that, you know, goes against their, you know, belief system, uh, any legislation that even gets remotely brought up that's against their, you know, the world is, the world is dying. The moon's going to crash into the planet. We're all going to die, you know, every single time. But politically speaking, you know that you have them extremely fearful of 2024 when the mainstream media outlets that we all know are just the attack dog part of the Democratic Party. I mean, if you don't know that, then uh, I think I've said it before. You're either just ignorant or willful, willfully ignorant. Uh, there is a difference. So I don't like to call people just stupid, but I'd like to think that people are maybe just, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to say. If you can't, if you, if you haven't seen that by now, then... I don't know. There's plenty of bridges. There's plenty of bridges that I could sell you, I guess. Anyway. So if do y'all know about this 60 minute story that ran this past Sunday about Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida? So they were doing a piece on, you know, the vaccination efforts in Florida. And, they, you know, there two things. One, they chose Florida, I think, primarily because of DeSantis. Uh, but two, they're also trying to discount the success that Florida has had because Florida is not following 
the Biden Harris mantra of this is what you need to do to protect yourself from COVID-19, right? They, they've kind of gone their own way and they've been successful. Whereas, you know, several states, I think uh, Michigan, you know, pretty strict uh, COVID-19 protocol still in place there. Uh, they have the highest COVID uh, cases over the last couple of months. I think they're up 17% or something like that, where Florida, Florida is not. And Florida is doing none of this stuff. And that doesn't mean that Florida is not taking precautions and they're not getting people vaccinated and that kind of stuff, because they are. They're just doing it their own way, and they're not doing it the way that, you know, Wyatt Derp and Cock Holiday are are telling everybody that they need to do it. And yes, that's Joe Biden and Kamala Harris for anyone who hasn't heard a previous podcast of mine. So, yeah, I mean, this is how you can tell that they are so fearful of Ron DeSantis and why he's probably one of the front runners, if not the front runner for the 2024 GOP nomination for president to run against Harris. I don't think Biden's going to run again. I, I I seem to remember when he was a candidate, he said he was going to be a one-term candidate. Now, we all know that politicians are full of shit, so chances are that he will run, but I'm not sure he'll be able to run. Uh, and, I, you know, frankly, I don't know if Pelosi and Harris are going to let him run, so I mean, we'll see what happens. But uh, so here's what here's what happened in the 60 Minutes uh, uh episode so they were talking about like i said they were talking about the vaccination efforts in florida so this uh correspondent sharon alfonsi started talking about Publix. Publix in florida is a grocery store chain uh and i i'm not sure if it's just local to florida i had never been to one uh, until I went to Florida a couple of years ago, I'd never heard of them. So I don't know if it's just exclusively a Florida thing or if it's, you know, some of the, the more Southern states down there have them, but Florida for sure, uh, has them. Well, the inference was that because, uh, Publix had donated a hundred thousand dollars to DeSantis's 2022 reelection campaign that, he gave them the contract for the COVID vaccine uh, distribution. So really what she did was she, she kind of mentioned it without giving any facts or context or anything. You know, basically she just said that Publix was working with the state to administer vaccines and that the company's pack had made this donation to the governor. Again, the insinuation was, you know, that Publix, basic, Publix basically was getting pay for play, right? So they gave him a donation. So they're getting the, they're getting the good end of this whole, this whole vaccine thing. The problem with their story, now that it's kind of come to light, is Democrats, particularly other Democratic politicians in Florida that were interviewed for this story and were excluded from the actual episode completely contradicted her version of what was going on. So 
the Democratic mayor of Palm Beach County, Dave Kerner, he said that the news program had run intentionally false information because he insisted the producers knew that the county, not the governor, had been the one to request the public's partnership. So here you go. They're attacking DeSantis because they're afraid of him. You know, the best thing I heard about DeSantis is he is he is Donald Trump minus Twitter and foul language. Now, personally, I didn't mind Twitter. And if anybody's listened to any of my podcasts, you certainly know I don't mind foul language because I certainly use enough of it myself. So the mainstream media is trying to suggest that he was involved in a pay for play scheme involving the COVID-19 vaccine. The problem is with Democrats on the record saying not only that 60 Minutes got it wrong, but did so purposely. I mean, that that's pretty bad. I mean, CNN. Yes, you, you're hearing me right. CNN ran a story that, that was titled 60 Minutes Just Gave Ron DeSantis a Massive Gift. I mean, when CNN is calling out 60 Minutes for their story being bullshit, that's pretty bad. But that's how you know that they're afraid of him. I, you know, I, I recommend going on YouTube and, uh, and uh, Stephen Crowder from Louder with Crowder did a great side-by-side -side, uh, thing with both of the videos, right? So you have the uncut version of the video when they were in production where the entire uh, back and forth between DeSantis and this 60, you know, 60 minutes lady uh, were there uncut. You can see the whole thing. And he put it side by side with what actually made the episode, right? So it's obvious that they cut it off at certain points so that you couldn't hear what it was that they were actually, what, what it was he was actually saying, right? So they changed the, and, and hey, look, that's not, that's not abnormal, right? They, they, edit, you know, strategically edit shit all the time. They did it to, they did it to Trump probably thousands of times. You know, the whole, um, the people in Charlottesville were great people edit. You know, oh, that was just a mistake. No, it wasn't. You're so full of shit. And, you know, again, anybody who can't see that, you, it's because you don't want to see it. Because I can guarantee you that if somebody cut Pelosi, uh, a statement that Pelosi made, and cut it like that, it would be freaking World War Three with liberals in this country. Not that anybody's really worried about that, but I'm just using that as an example. So yeah, they're absolutely terrified. But look at the go to do go to Stephen Crowder's. Uh, it's uh, called Louder with Crowder on YouTube, and look at the side by side comparison of the unedited version and what was actually put in the episode. Pretty amazing that they thought that they were going to be able to get away with that. And even better, like I said, the Palm Beach mayor came out and said that they went and interviewed him, and he laid it out step by step how it happened and he wasn't in the episode at all they didn't use one quote from him they didn't you know take any portion of his interview 
and put it in their story. That's what makes me think that Ron DeSantis is the is probably the number one front runner for the for the GOP nomination in twenty twenty four. And I, I can tell you, I don't think that uh, I don't think that uh, Democrats are too happy about that. I think they're pretty they're pretty worried about it. I mean, we're only you know what four months into to Biden Harris, but. If they're already this worried about it, where they're going to start concocting stories, you can expect that over the next three and a half years, it's only going to intensify, which means it's also that more important for, uh, you know, people who really want to pay attention and really want to know what the hell is going on to go out there and look for stuff. Now, I say it all the time, don't take these mainstream media stories, reports, segments, whatever you want to call them at face value. You just can't anymore. We we're at a point where you cannot, you absolutely 100% cannot trust what's being sent over the public airwaves on these, from these uh, media sites or stations or channels or whatever you want to call them. You just can't do it. You have to get a collective. You have to go out and you have to look at the stuff yourself. And anytime that there is, you know, a controversial story like this, the other side is always available. Let me not, let me say that a different way. The full version of what was said is always available. It doesn't matter if it's media, Congress, whatever, you know, and this, this happens both ways. You watch you watch a congressional hearing or, you know, you know, somebody in Congress is complaining about something, which is every day. Um, and you 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 have the ability to go back and really check what they're talking about. How do you do that? So how do you do that with Congress? Well, it's easy. Every single bill. Is available to read now i get it nobody has time to sit there and read three thousand page bills which is what happened with the aca right the people who signed the damn thing and voted on it didn't even read it it was like three thousand pages long or something like that it's ridiculous but you can certainly they're all and most of them i think you know the ones that i read are mostly pdf so they're easily searchable so if there's a claim made by one side or the other, pull it up, search it for that particular issue within the bill, and read it. See what it actually says. I can promise you that Republican or Democrat, most of the time, it may not be exactly what they're claiming it to be. Now, having said that, Public statements by an individual about an, a topic, i.e. President Biden in his new gun control executive orders, that's a little bit different because he actually said it. It actually came out of his mouth. So we're going to get into that in just a minute. I got to step away for a quick commercial break. Be right back.
So the new buzzword that you're going to start hearing, you've already started hearing if you've been paying attention, is safety of Americans. Everything, safety of Americans, safety of Americans. Everything that comes out of Joe Biden's mouth right now is safety of Americans. We're doing it for the safety of Americans, right? So when he's talking about these new gun control executive orders, you know, and that's the premise, you know, we're doing this for the safety of Americans. Well, let's take a look at what he's really talking about here. One of the executive orders that he's talking about is closing the gun show loophole. So for anyone who's not familiar with what the gun show loophole is, when you go to a gun show, there's people there from gun stores. They're called FFLs, uh, federal, federal firearms licensed people. Anytime you buy a gun from an FFL, whether they're in their shop, in the back of their truck, at their house, it doesn't matter. You have to get a background check. It's part of their licensure where if you're going to be an FFL, you have to background check people you sell guns to. That's just the way it is. At a gun show, you have FFLs. And in some states, I'm not sure all states still allow it, but uh, the ones that do... You can also have private sellers. So that's, you know, grandpa's, you know, whittling down his, the gun collection that he's had, you know, collected over the last, you know, 50, 60 years of his life. Uh, and he's downsizing, right? So he wants to get rid of a few guns. So he's going to make a private sale. He's going to do it at this gun show. So he, you know, he puts his guns up there. He puts the price he wants for them, and people either buy them or they don't. No background check required. Okay, well, I mean, it doesn't seem like a far-fetched idea to, you know, maybe make them do a background check. But that's not how they're posing it, right? What they're posing it is, oh, we're doing these for the safety of Americans. Well, let me ask you a question. What was the last shooting that took place from a person who bought a gun that way. Can anybody tell me? Because I've looked for it and I couldn't find it. Seems like every single one of the most recent shootings that we've had all bought their guns legally, all had background checks. So what does this have to do with the safety of Americans, Joe? We'll move on to number two. Stabilizing brackets for pistols. Again, we're doing this for the safety of Americans, right? Well, for all you Call of Duty players or, or you know, first-person shooter game players out there, I don't see anybody running out there with dual-wheeled, you know, Renettis with stabilizing brackets on them. For those of you who don't know what a stabilizing bracket for a pistol is, think of it as like a, an attachable or foldable stock for a pistol. That's that's what it is. When was the last time one of those were used in any kind of shooting? I mean, I don't remember hearing anything out of Chicago where, you know, this band of fucking dual wielding Renetti, you know, stabilizing bracket pistol holders, dual wields were, were running around fucking shooting people in the street. 
So what is banning or restricting the sale of those have to do with safety of Americans? You see, you can't premise something with that when none of those things have happened. It's obvious that what's coming out of your mouth and and what what you're writing on a piece of paper to restrict people from having has nothing to do with any of the problems that you're legitimately trying to talk about. That's because your argument's not legitimate. The other one that they talked about was strengthening red flag laws. Now, we can sit here and argue all day about red flag laws. Myself, personally, I'm not really a fan of them. So red flag laws are laws that states uh, have enacted, some states have enacted, where, you know, a neighbor, a family member, a friend, uh, you know, somebody who knows you can basically go to the police station and request that the police, for some reason, uh, go and temporarily confiscate your guns until you have a hearing in front of a judge to determine whether or not you should possess such guns. That's pretty fucking subjective, right? If I'm pissed off at the guy who lives three houses down from me and I know he has firearms, you know, whether he's ever done anything, you know, uh, erratic or whether he's ever been aggressive or, you know, made threats, that's irrelevant. Because if I go down to the police station and say, hey, you know, this guy's kind of on edge. I'm, I'm really, really concerned and I know he has firearms. You know, maybe we need to go take a look at that. And then the police show up at your door and confiscate your guns. What the fuck? Now, that also is going to depend on the state you live in because some states have them. Some states don't. Some states are more aggressive with it and some states aren't. But Joe's talking about federalizing red flag laws, which means even if the state doesn't have it, they can certainly use a federal statute to do the same thing, right? And again, this goes back to you can fucking say whatever you want to have the police show up at somebody's house, which, by the way, when do when do police generally run, you know, warrants and stuff like that? It's not at fucking three o'clock in the afternoon. It's not at six o'clock at night when everyone's at dinner. It's at fucking four o'clock in the morning when people are sleeping and all of a sudden there's a fucking loud bang at their front door. So what does that create? That creates a whole different issue, potential issue. Because I can promise you, if somebody just comes fucking banging at my door at four o'clock in the morning, it might not fucking go well. And I know a lot of people that are the same exact way. You go, you fuck around and do that shit in the wrong state or the wrong city or the wrong neighborhood. You might have a problem. While we're while we're talking about that, one thing I do want to say is congratulations to Tennessee. I think Tennessee is the newest state to pass constitutional carry. I think we're up to 20 states now. 
that have now passed constitutional carry. Obviously, there's going to be states that are never going to pass that, right? New York's never going to fucking pass that. California's never going to pass that. The state I live in, Maryland's probably never going to fucking pass that. But congratulations, Tennesseans. You guys, you guys finally got what you what you deserve and what you rightfully should have, and that's constitutional carry in your state. I'm actually kind of surprised that it took Tennessee this long to get there. I always thought Tennessee was Tennessee is pretty good, pretty good gun laws uh, across the board. But I guess, I guess maybe they never really enforced it anyway. Or at least, I mean, you had to have a permit, is my understanding, but. Um, I'm not sure, I'm not sure how much that was really, really enforced, even if you didn't. Um, but congratulations. Now it doesn't matter because you guys have constitutional carry and you can pretty much do what you want, which is pretty much the way it should be in a free society. So they like to talk about, and when I say they, I'm talking about the Democrats, you know, we're not coming for your guns. You know, we're not coming. We're not working towards confiscation. But none of these things that I just talked about have anything to do with anything other than restricting your ability to buy and possess either a firearm or something for your firearm. They have nothing to do with shootings because none of these things have been used in shootings. I mean, you know, people are going to go back to, oh, bump stocks. Okay, one fucking guy used bump stocks during a shooting. Great. Anybody who fucking actually shoots and actually pays attention knows that bump stocks are a novelty item. They're not a fucking serious shooting thing. And then we get on the whole fucking assault weapon claim. Well, you know, AR-15s are an assault weapon. Again, I think I've said it in a previous podcast. You go find me a fucking military outfit that goes to war with a fucking AR-15. If you can find one, please, please let me know who they are. I can promise you, you're probably not going to find it. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not some semi-automatic weapons that aren't used in warfare because that's certainly true but those are usually very specific people or units within the military that are using those they are not mainstream in the military uh the you know a, an infantry unit would fucking laugh at you if you told them that they had to go fight a war with an AR15 They'd laugh at you because you just guaranteed that they're probably going to fucking lose, which, you know, to some, to some extent, that's, you know, probably what most Democrats nowadays want anyway. But here's why I'm not worried. I'm not overly concerned that anything too fucking crazy is going to pass and, and, and reach Biden's desk or maybe Harris's desk. I don't know. Uh, cause there's a guy in West Virginia that wants to keep his Senate seat. Senator Joe Manchin of, uh, of West Virginia 
he's not a dumb guy. I've actually met Joe Manchin. Uh, I actually went bird hunting with him a few years back. Uh, really nice guy. Great shot with a shotgun, by the way. But he's also not stupid and he also wants to keep his job. And so they're going to have a really hard time, I think, convincing Joe Manchin that any crazy-ass gun law is going to pass. And remember, pretty sure the Constitution says something to the effect that uh, the president of the Senate, i.e. Kamala Harris, the vice president, only gets a vote if there's a 50-50 split. So right now, the Senate is 50-50. Joe Manchin is not going to vote for some stupid-ass gun law. Now, we can make an argument about Arizona and uh, uh, cinema. Cinema, she could go either way. Kelly's a lost cause. I don't know if you know who he is. Senator Kelly from uh, Arizona. He's uh, Gabby Gifford's husband he was a uh an astronaut navy captain i think uh and and then when gabby giffords got shot at one of her election things or public public engagements at a at a storefront somewhere uh was shot you know all of a sudden he became this big fucking anti-gun guy and then ran for senate and won uh this last cycle um so he's a lost cause he's fucking anti-gun from head to toe. So there's no, there's no fucking helping him, but, but I can tell you there's a lot of Arizonans that are going to, they know what they got with him. I'm not sure they know what they got with cinema. So she may be another one that's on the fence. Uh, on the Republican side, I'm not sure. I'm not really sure that there's anybody that I can think of off the top of my head. That'll go for any, any kind of ridiculous, uh, gun measures. Now, having said that, I say ridiculous, the way I read the second amendment is shall not be infringed. Right. So any legislation that they make to try to infringe the right of the people to hold and bear arms is bullshit. It's a violation of the constitution. The other thing is, is these, these executive orders are going to be, you know, the second, the, the second, the, ink is on the paper this shit's going to be in the courts you know the democrats famously under donald trump you know every time he signed an executive order they'd run to the ninth circuit well yeah that's great but there's a bunch of other circuits that go just the other fucking way so i can promise you that the nra and every other second amendment organization uh is going to take that route the second any of these uh, executive orders, uh, are trying to be, you know, are trying to be enforced. Anyway, folks, that's my rant for tonight on this stuff. We're going to keep following, uh, this DeSantis thing because I'm telling you, they're afraid of him. They're super afraid of him. And if they're only four months into their administration and they're already starting to put together these fake stories and, and, and bullshit reports, it's only going to intensify for the next three and a half years. So I'm, we're going to keep a really close watch on that. If you've noticed, a lot of stories have been coming out about DeSantis. It's not just this one. This is just the newest one and, and probably the most egregious. Uh, yes, egregious, but also blatant lying 
report on him, but it's going to get more intense and it's going to be up to us to be able to sift through the bullshit and figure out what's real and what's not. That's all I got for you tonight, folks. I'll talk to you again next week. Remember, you can send your questions or comments to agpodcast13 at yahoo.com. That's agpodcast13 at yahoo.com. Or you can go on my anchor page and click on message and you can leave a voice message and that voice message can be played on air or can just be left for me. So either way, I'll talk to you guys next week unless something comes up before then that uh, is worthy of uh, uh, publicizing. Great talking to you and we'll see you later.